Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Peter. This is a video game podcast, Peter, where we talk about video games. We are now, if you search Triple Jump, according to our analytics, we are consistently the top few results for Triple Jump. But is that with a space in? Or all on no, word? No, you're right. I think with a space, it, we, you might still just get Let's loads Let's find out right of... now. Right. Talk about yourself for a minute, Peter. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Peter. This is Ben next to me. Uh, Hello. I, it's all hyphenated, my last name. I'm 20-something years old. Um, I was born in the north of England. I'm being suitably vague because I don't want to dox myself. Because I've got loads of money in my bank account that you would love to access if only you could. We're on the big bucks over here. That's not true at all. I'm I have very little money indeed. We, triple jump. We dominate. If you search triple space jump, it is we the, our channel comes up first. Is that are you logged in as you though? Yes. Incognito. Oh well I mean the thing is that I'm looking at here is the first proper results of an actual <laughs> athletics thing yeah and it's a good halfway down the page okay that's good so that's something right yeah we made it sure okay well the wind was taken out of my sails there a little bit but what i was trying to say was we're obviously way more important now on youtube than an actual sport than a big jump yeah. than a stupid stinky big jump it's not even it's only it's two small jumps and then one kind of big jump but you know just do a long jump, you idiot. It's like what Neil Armstrong said. Yeah. You know, like the, it's the anniversary of the, the moon jumpings, mm. as they were called. Um, one small one, step. One small step and then another small step. Three and giant, small, medium-sized Bigger, jumps. but sort of still a medium-sized jump yeah. for man mankind. Oh. Anyway, uh, welcome along to this show. Of course, we cannot do this show without the help of our sponsors, which we're on sort of a weekly rotation of because we want to give every sponsor a fair shot. Yeah. yeah, we could sign up to a sponsor that would sponsor us for months at a time. But why would we do that? That's not fun. We prefer the, uh, the, the sort of admin nightmare yeah. of going through a brand new sponsor Every week. We're an equal opportunities company that allows different kinds of sponsors to come and sponsor us. Speaking of which, yes. this this week we are sponsored by the Blaskovich twins. Oh, are we? What the, service do they provide? The Blaskovich twins, aka the Terror Twins, mm. what they will do is stand menacingly on in your front garden. Right. And anybody who is sort of a Nazi. A Nazi or alt right, mm. they will just they will just get them. They'll just get them right on up there. 
So if you want to hire the Terror Twins for birthdays, uh, bar mitzvahs, uh, weddings, wakes, yeah. they're really good at wakes. Right. Uh, then you you give the Terror Twins a call, the Blazkowicz Twins, and they will they will just come and protect the hell out of your event. I mean, wakes are a, a very common target point for Nazis, alt right Nazi. It does happen. Neo Nazis. Uh, well, that's great. I I personally condone that sponsor. I support them in every way. Yeah. We love we You've love used kicking Nazis and, and and kicking Hitler and killing Nazis. Absolutely. Yeah. Famous words of Peter Austin there to a BAFTA panel. Actual actual BAFTA actual content. Live there. on BAFTA. That went out on BAFTA. Yeah. And it's one of the highlights of my career. I would I would hope so. Yeah. I mean we've spoken about this before on uh, elsewhere but we were really humming and hiring about whether or not we should actually go to BAFTA because we would we would be way out of our depth. And surprise, we were. Yeah. Uh, but we we held it together, all right, and we got some fun stories, so it was all worth it. it sure did. So thank you very much to uh, Wolfenstein. To BAFTA for having us. The, and BAFTA, BAFTA's the the Blaskovich twins. Thank you very much for for sponsoring this show this week. Yes. That's a lie. I, I got you all. That whole thing. I hoodwinked you all, you fools. You did. You've been, you've been had. You winked my hood. I, <laughs> I think that's something very different mm. in certain parts of the internet. Yeah. What we're actually brought to you by is our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Through their support alone, we're able to source questions for the podcast. Can you hear the... That's the qu- that's the question noise, mm. and uh, all these fine folks at home have uh, have kindly submitted these questions, and we're going to start off with one from Duncan Wilson. Yeah, uh, what does Duncan Wilson say? Duncan Wilson says, if you're playing a game with character selection slash creation, do you choose the character closest to yourself or one that is completely different in terms of character or gender? And then mm. there's a, a colon and a right parenthesis. Oh, right, sort of like a now. Forgive me if I'm mispronouncing this. Mm. An emoticon. An emo- is, I think it's Emma Tyken. An Emma Tyken. Hello, I'm Emma Tyken. I'm Mrs. Tyken. Mm. Ms. Tyken. Ms. Tyken. Let's not be sexist. No. She's not married yet. And she may keep her own name. Yeah. We're, we're assuming a lot about this smiley face. I think Ms. is when you don't know if they're married or not. I think it's oh, Miss if Ms. they're not. Oh, for God's sake. Oh. I just can't. I'm just stepping on all the political toes, aren't yeah, I? Yeah, you are. I can't get it right. No. What an idiot. Um, I have a... Fairly strong opinion about this. Custom characters. Do, yeah. do you always play as someone really big? I d- yeah. Well, if only. Well, I mean, no. But you're kind of you're kind of in the right ballpark there. In that, I I've always thought it's a little bit lame, and I'm probably talking to a large proportion of our audience, and maybe even you at the moment. So, prepare to alienate yourself, Peter. But I've always thought it's slightly lame when people make themselves in a game where you're in a sort of high fantasy setting or you're uh, you're like uh, working for a crime syndicate running around with guns and things or murdering thousands of guards in Varrock to level up your yeah. your strength skill i've never i don't think i think the one occasion where i may have kind of made myself was i think the first time i played fallout 3 I think I'd seen a video online and the guy who I was watching happened to make himself. And I think I just had it in my head that, oh, well, that's what you do on Fallout. That's just yeah, what you, just you do. Make yourself. But that was just my first playthrough. But since then, um, and before then as well, in any game with character customization, 
I've never made myself. The closest I've ever got to making myself in in a game like that, or certainly like a sort of single player uh, experience anyway, um, is um, I would sometimes name them Peter, but only if it was say say it was Fallout. You know, that's not in a fantasy setting. It's in a it's, it's set on Earth, and therefore it makes sense that they would have a regular human person name. Mm. Um, and so rather than just choose a different one, which I don't know what I choose, Dave or Ben. I just put Peter. Yeah, what a tedious name. Uh, yeah, ben. but um, you know, that's if anything, that's just because. Well, what else do I call him? You know, or her? Um, but no, normally I make some sort of character that I envisage being in that situation, and uh, partly it depends on. I sort of just. I often, when I'm playing an RPG, for example, I decide how I'm going to play before I even begin. Mm. So it's like, oh, I'm going to be a thief, or I'm going to be a big warrior, and then based on that character that i have in my mind i guess you would say uh that that is who i kind of build in the character creation so you sort of build the fiction out of the style of play that you want yeah yeah exactly what about you do you make yourself much i do make myself Mm. uh not not very often anymore but certainly back in the day i remember mass effect 2 was one where i really tried very very hard to make myself okay but i'm not very good at character creation suites oh no at all WWE games as well. I've I've always sort of made a variation of myself. I may have to done an that. extent. Yeah. Um. But it's hard. You know, it's difficult. Things got a lot easier when I grew a beard because, as Twitter, as evidenced by Twitter, whenever anybody who is blonde and has a beard appears on any TV show, mm. it looks just like me. Apparently. Yeah. Uh. So that that became a lot easier from sort of a cop out of. Of character creation, yeah, I can. Ma- I made a fairly convincing me in Bloodborne, for example, just because they've got a blonde beard and then most of their face is covered up. Yeah, half that's the time. handy. So it was just <laughs> that that worked fine. Um, well, Jules always, Jules from What Culture always says, uh, "Oh, it's really easy to make myself in <laughs> game creations. It's just custom hair zero and yeah. custom beard one." And that's it. That's it, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, once you grow a beard, it makes things a hell of a lot easier just because the hair. facial hair really distinguishes you mm. uh, you know when we get Sorry. you just you just clink to your mug on, did, the, yeah. on the microphone Sorry. cheers everyone um yeah so it's it's gotten easier since i've grown a beard mm-hmm. but i do like to play as a lady sometimes in games yeah i think it's fun to to play as the opposite gender and just like make a really badass female warrior or what have you yeah whenever i play Whenever I play through, uh, I mean, I haven't for a while, obviously, but whenever I play through a, a, a From Software game for the first time, mm. Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Demon's Souls, I'd usually make uh, a male man who's sort of vaguely modeled on myself. Right. Uh, but then in a repeat playthrough, whether it be with friends or just for fun, I would make a, I usually just go for a tank class, make mm-hmm. them as strong and as powerful as possible, and I make just a very small lady. Right. Because I think that's fun. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fun combination of things to have. Yeah. So it varies for me. Okay. Uh, but I do get I do get what you mean. It is a little bit it's a little bit lame, isn't it? To well, make it's, yourself. It's, it's partly that you know that the version of oneself that you might make or that uh, a, a stereotypical Cheetos called Gamer Boy might make right. would be, you know, have the same hair colour and maybe the same shaped hairstyle and beard right but would just be like this adonis man yes and uh, huge rippling muscles while they they're sort of you know drizzling mountain dew into their topless belly button 
uh, you know, and and sort of topless belly button. Well, they're topless, and their belly button is exposed. And oh, okay. As they as they drink, that sort of dribble pools into their oh right little green rock pool on their oh, tummy. Oh no! And then <laughs> that's you, where the cra- the actual crabs live. There's a small kind of chink in the curtains where a beam. A what sorry? A chink in the curtains. Okay. Where a beam of light is coming in, and you can just see all the dust in the air in their basement dwelling. Right. This is of course. A stereotype this, of gaming. This is a huge, massive stereotype. All of your mums and the newsreaders have of us. So what Peter is saying is you are only allowed to make yourself in a game if you are gorgeous. No, if you... If you're ugly, then you're not allowed. No, you're allowed, but maybe you should just make yourself and love yourself. You don't have to make yourself like this sort of chiseled beast. If you're, quote-unquote ugly then you should make yourself because you're probably not ugly your everything is beautiful and you should make your beautiful self just as you are that's weirdly backhanded yeah. i feel like you dug yourself right out of that hole pretty well i did everybody forgot about what you said i'm saying before. you don't need to live vicariously through a character just live no. through yourself but what if they want to play as this perfect space opera version of themselves well you know what anyone is entitled to do whatever they want to do it's just my advice you know <laughs> You should go and love yourself. I haven't seen... I don't even think you can make a uh, a big boy or girl in, in Mass Effect. Right. Especially in the in the first trilogy, because they're always... Everybody, every NPC you come across that's human is beautiful and perfectly built. Well, even, space even the program. old people. Yeah. Even the olden people have, like, the big olden. muscles and yeah. stuff. It's like, that's... that. Surely there would be some withering with age, but no, no. Everybody's got the same body. It's fine. Not in space. In space, your muscles only grow stronger, right? That's yes. definitely how it because works. Because of all the gravity in space. Yeah, it's it's not that there's just massive muscle atrophy issues and people who spend a few weeks on the space station have like serious issues when they get back to Earth. That's not true at all. Wobbly legs. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, if you're if you're ugly, you've got to be ugly in the game. That's yeah. what Peter said. That's but only exact... because you love yourself. Word for word, that's what I said. You're, you're ugly, make you're an ugly, ugly character. Love yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Austin. That's another one to add to the quote bank, I think. Yeah. Let's move on to the next section, Peter. Mm-hmm. What is it? It's uh it's interesting that your your question there started with the word what, as in what is it? Because so does this section. That's funny, funny little coincidence. It's what we play in. Ben. Yes. This is a segment that we've been doing as long as this podcast has existed. As long. As long. Do you remember what it is? No. Okay. Well, it's called What We Play In, and in this segment, we talk about the games that we have done been playing on our PlayStation game or other other consoles and computers. Usually PlayStation, just mm. because that's what we have at home. Yeah. Uh, ben, what what are you? Were you been done playing? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm gonna God. If someone put a little chart together yeah. of the different games that we played in each of the 24 episodes of this podcast so far and and just saw how many mentions for each one. I think I've played maybe six games since the beginning of the year. I think in the first maybe five or six episodes, I made a conscious effort to bring something new every time right. to the point that sometimes the day before recording, I'd be like, oh, I want a different game. I'm going to just play like an hour of something. I don't do that anymore, okay. as you're about to find out. What about you today, this week? So, I mean, if you look back, it's been, I think, Dark Souls, Borderlands, Borderlands and then Crash, and Team, Crash Racing, Team Racing. That's pretty much it. Uh, I I have been playing a little bit more Crash Team Racing. Yeah. I am pleased to announce mm-hmm. that I have now beaten all of Entropy's times and unlocked him. Wow. Or her. It's a him. It's a him. I verified myself. Mm-hmm. And... 
So that's done. I've done all the time trials. Congratulations. I congratulations, just one. Yeah. Just one. You get the you get the other congratulation when wow. I beat all of nitrous oxide's yeah. times, yeah. which is the next step. I tried it on Crash Cove a couple of times. He would beat me severely. Oh dear. Uh, well not severely. The problem is that I find with with these time trials is that tracks that don't have shortcuts are actually really hard mm-hmm. because they it relies on the 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 sort of ghost time that you've got to beat what they're doing is just perfectly drifting perfectly boosting around the entire track and it's very difficult to beat that yeah so i know i said that i was giving up with time trials before mm-hmm. um i may i may say that again now and then slowly try to chip away at them again yeah you at can't some help point. yourself but that's the last trophy i need now is to beat all of oxide's times but it does mean beating his time trial on like 20 something tracks Mm -hmm. and i don't know if i will ever do that but it's done the most of it is done that's that was my everest and i climbed it okay and i did it well climbed thank you i'm very Um, proud of you played a little bit of borderlands 2 as well there's Mm -hmm. another classic from the vault there had a friend up over the weekend never never played borderlands before so i thought well let's play a little bit of borderlands well there you go played a little bit of world wars as well world war z Mm -hmm. that was also good fun um, and uh, that's that's all I that's all I've been playing. Outlast. That's what. Yeah. We both played Outlast, right? Go go for it if that's what you were going to say. I will. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say I have continued to play a bit of Crash Team Racing, although I'm now kind of I'm very much petering out. If you'll pardon the. Uh, <laughs> um, I think when the next Grand Prix comes around, I'll want to pick it up again and see the new stuff and unlock some new characters. And then again, when the third one comes out, because that's the Spyro one, apparently. Um, but um, Do you know, sorry to interrupt, mm. do you know if they're rolling straight into the next Grand Prix or, or are we going to have a little break? I don't know, actually. I don't know if I want to go straight back in again. No. It's, it's sort of become not a chore, but now that I'm no longer unlocking stuff, I feel less compelled to play. I only really at this point want to unlock... Um, the characters I don't mind so much about the cosmetic stuff so I got Torna um, I've got the, the the four umbrella ladies the parasol mm-hmm. girls um, there's more to them than that, than that of course they're, just... they're all individuals no no they're not they're, they were literally based off two models the four of them from the previous game there um, were only two yeah oh, wow. I think they were reskinned weren't they I, I think two yeah, of them were the same right, model actually. and just yeah, yeah. Um, but uh <laughs> Yeah, so I, I've, I'm not playing so much Crash anymore. Um, it doesn't bother me so much about kind of trying to get silver and gold. Um, although I would like that that silver award, that Crash biker suit. Anyway. You can get it. There's still time. There's I like can. two days. I might do. It's do just it. I've not picked it up for a while. And okay. uh, I was away as well last weekend. So, uh, But we've been playing Outlast um, at time of recording. We've played our, one, our first session, which mm. was live streamed. Um, you can find the VOD on our channel right now. But at time of publishing, we'll have done our second. Yeah. Um, but the VOD doesn't go out till Monday, right? I don't it think. It doesn't. Okay. No. And we haven't we haven't played. We're playing it later today. At we the are. Time of yes. Um, but uh, yeah. So if you joined us live for one or both of those, you'll have seen the the spooks that have been happening and the willies and the willies. Um, spooky willies have been all over the place. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm enjoying that game. I thought I would find it a lot scarier. Um, I've seen. I had seen a bit of footage of it a long time ago. I think I'd basically seen the first hour of gameplay when you walk past the wheelchair man. Um, yeah. And then sort of the big the big fat man chases you through the drywall and stuff. 
Um, and I thought, oh man, that's set in an asylum, which has always been one of my, it's up there with one of my kind of horror horror themes uh, that really gets me. Really? You know? Um, it didn't help that uh, when I was very young, um, probably about eight, uh, my great-grandma, who lived until she was 99, was in a um, like a nursing home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was sort of a mixture there of um, some people who had their marbles, as it were, um, right. but some who unfortunately had dementia, which is very sad. Mm-hmm. But when you're an eight-year-old boy and you have to walk down this corridor... Um, it was a really, really, really long corridor. My grandma was at the very end of it. Right. And um, the, some of the ladies would sort of reach out and stroke my head and oh, say, okay. nice boy, nice boy. Yeah, that's a little bit spooky. And nowadays, I'd be fine with that. I'd be like, oh, they're there. You know, it's, you know she wants to go and play dominoes and walk them into the lounge. Well, but someone else you can stroke. Yeah, well, no. That's what you would say. Uh, but as as a little boy, that, that really scared me. And since then, things in, of that ilk have uh, really got to me. Right. So I thought Outlast, the mental health psychiatric hospital game, would be rather frightening. Yeah, I think that's a very fair... <laughs> It's a very fair thing to be a little a bit feared to, of, is, yeah. is asylums. I think it's the, the notion that you can't reason with the person, you know? Right. Um, they're just going to kill you. The with their faculties are not there. With their willy out. Um, yeah, some of them did. Yeah. Twice, actually. They did. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not finding it too spookums, fortunately. So well, That's good. You can carry on playing it. And thoroughly I'll, enjoying it. I'll keep it. reading chat. There's at least, there's a, there's a sequel, isn't there, as well? Um, yes, we saw a bit of that being played, didn't we? You remember? Um, uh, I feel like I have seen some, but I don't remember where or when. It was at my flat, and Jules was playing it. Oh yeah, and we watched like him play it for an hour and a half, and it was it had just come out, and it was just gratuitously violent. And God, yeah, it really doubled down on the genitalia thing. Oh yeah, that was the one that set. Um, it came out, didn't it? Come around, it come out around the same time as. Oh, a game that was kind of very similar in that it was set in a sort of religious-y kind of rural environment. Yeah, it was like Resi 7 sort of time yeah. is when it came out. Mm. Yeah, it was set in in very much a Resident Evil 4 kind of location. Yeah. Spooky town in the woods kind of deal. Yeah, that's um, right. I remember now. But yeah, that was that looked a bit frightening. Mm. We may play that. <laughs> Maybe. God, yeah, that was we'll a bit see. intense, actually. Um but yeah, we've been playing Outlast, and uh, it's I'm finding it less spooky than I thought. There's a few jump scares, but other than that, it's fine. All good. It's fine as long as you're not allergic to willies. Yeah, because they are they are in there. Yep. And I had to spend three hours censoring them out. They're fairly broad as well, aren't they? A broad spectrum of Wilsons. Well, no, I just each individual Wilson is a is quite it's, a broad. It's wide. Yeah, the model is uh, girth. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it's time to move on to another question. This is from Zav- Zav- Xavier Ramirez. It's X Xavier Ramirez. Ram- That's how it's pronounced. Oh, sorry. Xavier. Xavier. It's not. Professor Xavier. Yeah. Sony has expressed that they will be moving away from indie games and will be focusing more on AAA games. Oh. Is this a good call on Sony's part or is it a mistake? Mm. <sighs> We've got some information on this, haven't we, Ben? Yes, we quotation have. There. Um, this is from Push Square. We know that one. We do. Sony is investing the bulk of its efforts with the PlayStation 5 into blockbuster games, and according to the Wall Street Journal, that's left indie developers and smaller publishers feeling like outsiders. But speaking in on with author Takashi Mochizuki, Mochizuki? Not sure. Mm-hmm. One executive explained that it's not a problem because the platform is simply too large to ignore. Oh. 
There's a hint of arrogance to this statement, but it's not exactly incorrect. At the end of the day, virtually all third-party titles end up on PlayStation because the market is enormous. Still, there's a definite danger that the platform holder could end up initially missing out on indie success stories, so it needs to be careful here. Mm. It's quite arrogant, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is, but... Part of me doesn't really mind that they're doing this, I have to say. Um, I don't play a great deal of indie games. I certainly think indie games are a great thing. And often, when I do finally go, all right, I'll try this indie game out that everyone's talking about, it's always great. Mm. Um, And I think, you know, more power to the people. Unfortunately, less money to them, um, apparently. Right. Um, I I can see both sides of this. Like, as I say, you know, indie, indie games can be really spectacular i remember the first time i played limbo mm-hmm. that blew my mind i loved it um you, know, Do you want a fun fact about limbo yeah that was nearly released first on playstation playstation what playstation 3 okay playstation 1 yeah playstation 3 mm. but because sony took an attitude like this at the time oh yeah it ended up not arriving on playstation for like a year and a half oh okay well i had a 360 at the time so well, there you go i played so it there. you you benefited from them taking this approach previously i did um so i think it's a shame it would be a shame to miss out on things like that but i mean number one i think they're kind of sony are kind of right that these things will just end up on playstation eventually anyway yeah. Um, and number two, Sony are for me the company in terms of first-party blockbusters, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I kind of just want them to pump as much into that as possible and see just how far they can go. You know, if if they're already doing as well as they are, whilst also to an extent supporting, um, you know, various indie companies just how crazy can things get if they just absolutely steamroll into the AAA world mm. um, and say, this is all we're doing. We're going to make it the best it can possibly be, you know? So yeah. it it intrigues me, if nothing else. But it is a shame, I suppose. I don't think that they are. they would be missing out on much if they changed tact mm-hmm. and decided to actually support indie games like they did a few years ago for yeah. example i can't imagine that the resources that they were dedicating at the launch of the ps4 where they had an entire initiative and they were wearing shirts and everything mm-hmm. playstation loves indies was was a whole initiative and they, their e3 conferences they had loads of indie games yeah. on on show and stuff i don't imagine that the effort it took to put that together will improve or increase the output of their triple a right. games i really think the difference is negligible i think they're i think they stand to to potentially miss out on some really good stuff here mm-hmm. i still think that even if they were loving indies as they did a few years ago yeah that, that we'd still get god of war 2 we'd still get marvel spider-man 2 oh, we'd the still last get of us sure. part 2 all that kind of stuff mm. and you're right like I can't say that I play many indie games at all. Yeah. There's an awful lot of them out there. But apparently these indie developers have been feeling quite spurned for a while. They feel like they have no relationship with PlayStation whatsoever. Mm. The Switch is a great place for indie games. And increasingly you're seeing indie games released exclusively on the Switch yeah. before eventually coming elsewhere. I feel like PlayStation are going to miss out on potentially some really, really big stuff. Because statements like this don't help 
If it was, if the it statement's was, not good. Yeah. No, the statement does not make them look good at all. No. If they would just sort of continued their current trend, which is you know, indie games, whatever, but we're mm. not going to talk about it. The fact that apparently someone has actually said they're too large to ignore, that makes them look really bad and probably raises the hackles of a lot of very talented indie developers yeah. who would otherwise consider releasing their game on that platform. And you're right. I don't imagine that many of those developers will turn down the payday of putting it on PlayStation eventually. Uh, Anyway, regardless of what PlayStation have said, but I I can't help but feel that making it known that this is their, this is their feelings toward indie games is not, it's not helpful. That was definitely, yeah, the statement isn't great. Um, But, you know, it's interesting, like Sony has, long had a good relationship with indies and they've facilitated that and not just as you say you know that campaign of sony loves indies playstation um they you have uh, uh net your rose remember that no. from uh, on ps1 i don't know if it was called <laughs> the same thing on ps2 or not um but it was uh essentially a kind of dev kit that anyone could get i think it was a, it was like a certain build of the playstation model right um and it also was this the of, black PS1? Yeah, I think it was a, the black right. PS1. Um, I think that's the same thing. And I think you could somehow integrate it with a computer and it would allow you to basically code um, games for your PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And it was for anyone. Yeah. You know, anyone who uh, who uh, who had one of these was able to, do, to, to use it. And then they would distribute sort of uh, those games on official PlayStation Magazine demo discs mm. as well, which was handy. That's very cool. So that's something that, you know, goes back a long time. And again, like I say, they did something similar on PS2. I don't know if it was called the same thing. Mm. But they've always been sort of facilitating that kind of the next generation of developers. I think someone who made a Net Eurozy game that was on a, a PlayStation demo disc ended up working on one of the Final Fantasy games and stuff. Um, nice. So, you know, it's that, I don't think it was necessarily the main series one, but it was, uh, you know, right. in the... in the one, one of those crap ones. Yeah, one of those ones that you don't even know what it's called. But... Um, I don't know. So it's 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 funny to think that once upon a time they were really actually so supportive of the of of indie developers and mm-hmm. and hobbyists, and now this is the attitude. Just oh well, you know they'll come to us eventually. Um, yeah. I don't know. You're right that you know maybe maybe dropping indies won't actually add enough of a benefit to the, the their AAA scene to warrant doing it. But uh, if it if it did. I don't mind that they're sort of dropping because I, I feel like, you know, the indie games are still going to be available on PC and, uh, you know, as they say, they may eventually end up on PlayStation anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if it doesn't actually make a big difference positively towards the quality of their AAA games, then, yeah, maybe it's uh, maybe it's a bit harsh to do that and it's not worth doing. But I don't know. Their attitude seems to sort of come in waves based on how humbled they have been right so while they may have started off as the plucky underdog and released this special black playstation you could buy to develop your own stuff yeah they then had meteoric success with the ps1 Mm -hmm. and then the ps2 ps3 came out very expensive a year after the xbox 360 in a lot of places sometimes two years after Mm. we got it two years after in europe um, or nearly two years after, and they tripped over their own shoelaces because they were full of themselves. And yeah. they thought, we don't need this stuff. They they had this exact same attitude 
back then, not necessarily towards indie games, but just in general. Like, mm. we're too big to ignore. People will come to us. And we people can wait didn't. two years, yeah. Right, and, and it was disastrous for them. And eventually they got back on track. And they were humbled by that. So when the PS4 was coming out and they were ramping up to that, they had a completely different approach. They had this new mantra for the players, mm. where it wasn't like, we're PlayStation. You'll buy it, idiot. Yeah. You like games, don't you, moron? Buy our console, you you bloody idiot. Mm. Um, and, and now it feels like we're moving back sort of towards that PlayStation of old again. The hubris. Where they're not coming to E3 and they're not saying why... And they're not talking about their new games. They're not really talking about their next console. They're just sort of teasing it and saying, you'll find out when you find out. Yeah. It's like, okay, we don't need indies because they'll come to us. It's like, really, again? We're doing this again? Mm. I don't want to see the fall again before the eventual rise in the humility and then the fall again. Yeah. This is played out before for PlayStation. This is... For me, not so much about indies, but it's symbolic of a larger, <laughs> larger issue right. that has been present within PlayStation for years. Um, so hopefully, this doesn't represent that. Yeah. Because I like indie games. I don't play them all. Uh, some people do, but I just want small companies or individuals who are passionate about making games to feel welcome on a platform that I enjoy. Yeah, because it could be the next big thing. Yeah. And I don't just mean their their indie game could be the next big indie game. I mean those companies, given a bit of success and a bit of interest from from their audience, yeah. Could go on to much bigger and better things. So yeah, actually it's it's always worth supporting the uh the underdogs. So So hopefully that's just either a misquote or not truly representative or maybe PlayStation buck their ideas up because I think it sets I mean, a dangerous precedent is is a bit of an overstatement here mm. because it's a video game company. But I do think it does set a, a precedent that is perhaps a little self-destructive. So yeah. we'll see, won't we? Mm. We'll bloody see. Well, it's time from something that was quite... Quite serious and almost a bit of a big discussion, I think. That was yeah. getting quite, quite intense. Quite there. discussion-y. We should relax with some... Weird news. Weird. Weird news. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Peter. Yes. Austin. Yes. Take me to Weird Town. Hello, phone. Which which pock? He's going. Do you live in? He's rooting around for his one. weird device. Right. He's got it. He's opening it up. Yes. There's his message. He sent himself. Hi, Peter. It's Peter. Hi, You're Peter. You're looking great today. Oh, Hang thanks. in there. Peter, you're ugly. Make yourself in a game. If you're going to make yourself in Minecraft, it's, you've got to be square, just like in real life. Unearthed The Sims design documents show the internal debate over same-sex relationships. Oh, okay. About this. No, I haven't. That's interesting. Now, before we get anywhere, as far as I'm aware, citation needed, I think ultimately The Sims won did not allow same-sex relationships. Do you remember this? I have, n- I, I have no recollection. It's been such a long time. My girlfriend, who's a Sims fan, said that she doesn't think they were in there, but I can't remember, and I didn't look it up, but I think ultimately <laughs> the the ending of this story... I've done no research, but basically... It might I say it in the article, actually, but I think, okay. I think the ending of this story is that they weren't included, but... Right. There was a big debate about it, apparently. Okay. So, and it's, I think the weird part about this news is just that it's come out now and it's like, oh, right. this, this game from like decades ago, there was a big debate. Interesting. At the, the Sims programmer Don Hopkins thought that anyone against adding same sex relationships needed to grow up and get a life. Right. Well damn, said. Damn right. The option to have same-sex relationships... Uh, this is according to PCGamer.com. Thank you very much. The option to have same-sex relationships in The Sims was a controversial decision that almost didn't make it into the final game. If I'd read as far as the first paragraph... You would have known that it did make it into it the final game. It did make it. Well, okay. that's good. That's good. I'm pleased to hear it. But it almost it didn't. It almost didn't. Though The Sims was meant to be a deep simulation of everyday domestic life, some developers at Maxis feared that controversy might give EA a reason to cancel The Sims outright. As explained in this excellent interview with programmer Patrick J. Barrett, the third (gasps) is his name, same-sex romance was initially included because of a managerial oversight. Oh, okay. Right. Now, thanks to some recently released design documents from programmer Don Hopkins, we have a new perspective on what was happening behind the scenes. The Sims is a beloved series today, but before the release of the first game, it was seen as a doomed experiment that EA was eager to sweep under the rug. After many tumultuous years spent in development, its own design team was convinced that EA was looking for a reason to kill the project and protect the SimCity name from being tarnished. No other game had facilitated same-sex relationships before, at least to this extent, and some people figured that maybe we weren't the ideal ones to be the first as this was a game that EA really didn't want to begin really didn't want to begin with Barrett said at the time hello that was an actual train a hoop. train just went whoa um but as uh, notes in Don Hopkins design documents explain the first version of the romance system only allowed for interactions between heterosexual sims something he took great issue with um and there are I will now cut to the chase with some screenshots that were posted on Twitter of internal documents. Okay. This was on Friday, I think. I saw it on Twitter when I was on the train. Um, so this is really interesting. I'll just read these verbatim because they're, 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 they're great. Okay. The whole relationship design and implementation, I've looked at the tree code, is heterosexist and monosexist. We are going to be expected to do better than that after the Simcopter fiasco and the lip service that Maxis publicly gave in response about not being anti-gay. 
The code tests to see if the sex of the people trying to romantically interact is the same. And if so, the result is a somewhat violent negative interaction. Clearly homophobic. We are definitely going to get flack for that. It would be much more realistic to add a model by... Uh, to model it by two numbers from 0 to 100 for each person, which was the likelihood of that person being interested in a romantic interaction with each sex. So mm. basically, you would be able to do a, sex, a, a scale of like sexuality right. from heterosexual to homosexual. I don't know if he means you could set that as a custom thing when you create your character mm-hmm. or if the game would sort of work it out based on your interactions. But that initially... Whenever two heterosexual characters interacted in a sort of uh, a romantic way, mm. the the programmed reaction was one of disgust. Oh, once upon a time, like? yeah, they would they would try and right. fight with each other. Oh wow! Because it's like, okay. oh, you're gay. Ooh, Ooh don't touch me. Fight me. Yeah, let's, let's wrestle. Uh, with this model, you could simply motto monosexual heterosexual, which is what well, all we have now in the game. Monosexual homosexual, like the guys in Simcopter. I don't know what happened with Simcopter. Yeah, something really went down with Simcopter. Apparently. Bisexual, non-sexual, and then in brackets it says Mother Teresa, presumably. <laughs> That's just an example of someone who's okay. non-sexual. All right, okay. And all shades in between most of the rest of the world's population, it says in brackets. Um, and then uh, he says, you know, this scale could be influenced partially by random factors. Um, and anyone offended by this idea needs to grow up and get a life. And hopefully our game will help them in that quest. Um, anyone who is afraid that it might offend the sensibilities of other people, but of course not themselves, is clearly homophobic by proxy, but doesn't realize it since they're projecting their homophobia onto other people. Hmm. So there you go. That's some internal documentation from the sexuality debate that took place in The Sims 1's development. Interesting. Mm. That's interesting. So it sounds like a lot of the reservations that they had internally weren't so much that people working on the game had no time for for gay people. No. It was more that they were worried about the backlash that would occur if they did include that kind of stuff. Yeah, the public reaction. Um, But, you know, there was a little note at the end there that kind of said... If you're saying that, you know, don't worry. Those people need to grow up and just get a life, those members of our audience. Right. But if you're saying that and you, you're, you're standing by that... You're may, part of the problem. Maybe you're the... Yeah, maybe you're the issue here, you know? You're mm. just sort of exacerbating homophobia, so... Well, good for them. Yeah. I honestly, I couldn't couldn't have told you that there were there were gay relationships available in I the I couldn't Sims. remember. No idea. Com- confirmation there in that... PC Gamer article. Thank you very much, PC Gamer. That is weird. Politically correct gamer there. Mm, yeah. Thank you very much. I've got some weird news as well, Peter. Mm, is it weird? It's pretty weird. Okay. It's pretty weird. This is from Polygon. Polygon. Mm-hmm. One of Steam's top-selling titles last month was an intense sex game. Intense sex game. An intense sex game. Okay. Would you like to learn about the intense sex game that was the top-selling title last month? It wasn't the. It was one of the top-selling titles. Is it a game about intense sex or a sex game that is an intense game? And it was also one of the top-selling titles last month. Yes, it was, Peter. What? It was both of those? It was both of those. Okay. Valve released its monthly report of top-selling games on Tuesday, and while the list is largely composed of familiar faces, and recent releases, one nugget might raise eyebrows. I'm going to attempt to pronounce this game. 
Z's name. Ko- Koikatsu Party. Koikatsu Party, maybe. Mm. An anime game where you can build a waifu to exact specifications. The purpose of the game is to bed the people that you create. Oh, good. So, as we have said numerous times, we, d- we don't want to yuck anyone's yum. If you're into this, good for you. The reason we're including it here as weird news is that it's one of the top-selling games on Steam, which That's is kind of surprising. Pretty weird. Not that the game is weird, although we are about to describe it in graphic detail, and I know that probably Peter and I won't be too enthused by its contents. As much as we don't want to yuck anyone's yum, hmm. I think we're still entitled to say, that's a bit weird. That's a little strange. Yeah. In the last year, Valve has started approaching sex games on Steam with a more lax attitude. Mm-hmm. Where before, games with suggestive themes could sometimes be rejected from the storefront, Valve now allows nearly anything onto its store, even sex games. Oh. The caveat is that while anything can be sold, anything particularly adult has to be labelled as such. While exact numbers weren't provided in the blog post, Koikatsu Party is among the top-selling games of June 2019 in the platform, according to Valve. Why are people flocking to the game? Well, Koikatsu Party brands itself as the ultimate anime character maker. Oh, okay. Players are given over 300 options to adjust for the women or men they create, as well as a number of shaders to further customise their experience. Mm. You can even adjust anything from pubic hair to beauty marks. What? It should really have gone the other way around, shouldn't it? From beauty marks to pubic hair, like pubic hair was the normal thing that yeah. you can adjust to. Even beauty, beauty marks? marks? That's crazy! What? Once fans have made a character, they have up to 30 different personality choices to assign. They have up to 30 minutes to do what they want with (laughs) him or her, and then the character is lost forever. They have a bus to catch and they never come back. All of this fuss is made for one purpose, to have sex with whatever you create. Whatever you create. There's not much else to the game beyond character creation and sex. Right. Characters can have their own sexual preferences and sensitivity options, so they'll react differently to whatever you do to them. Oh, God. The game will then let you, and this is a quote from the game, touch, pull, lick, finger, and pump to your heart's content. Right. Pull? Pull. Pull on what? I think I think they're confusing this game with a bop it. Yeah, sounds like it. Flick it. Curiously, the game leans heavily on the stereotype of the otaku nerd who prefers 2D girls over actual women. The promotional text boasts the game will leave you wondering why you ever bothered with real people. Seriously, who needs reality when you have anime? That's a quote from the game club. Have you seen an image of the the sort of graphical quality? It just looks like a graphic novel. Right, uh, so is know, it sort like sort of two like D? It's like yeah, it's just well, anime. I say graphic novel. I mean like a you know like a visual novel, like a j- just exactly like any screenshot of Persona, basically. Right. Like it's yeah. Not, it's not. It's not three D anime 3D, models. Although Persona has three D, but you know what I mean. When they're talking, they have like the the yeah the, the little cutout. artwork thing. Yeah, it's basically it's that. that level. So it's not even yet to create a three D. You know, well, you might do. That's just the screenshot I've seen. Okay, and like Persona, that mo- that may just be the 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 sort of dialogue options, and then you yeah. get some real filth right. in a bit. Yeah, the dialogue options in this sex game. You, well, well, well. You got to woo him or her. Speaking first. of dialogue options, I hope you speak Japanese. While the game is only available in Japanese, this limitation does not seem to be stopping Western players. If you look at the reviews for Koikatsu Party, it is full of English-speaking fans who have apparently fallen in love with the game. My friends do not talk to me anymore. One Steam user jokes. A lifetime of playing horrendous, unpolished H flash games on new grounds. 
Years of playing overpriced H shovel. What is H? What is, what is Hen, the H? Hentai, is possibly. It, could it be? That's the only relevant word I can think of. We're too innocent. We don't know the vernacular. H shovelware on Steam. Hours wasted trying to install Honey Select. It all Honey Select. That sounds like a delicious breakfast. Cereal. Yeah. Honey Select. Here comes the Honey Select B. It all led up to this. Another says, porn games are finally good. P games. They continued. P games? Yeah. Okay. Like, like H games. Oh, right. P games. That's mm. different. Again, P games is a very different thing. Many folks leaving top reviews for Koakatsu Party have spent several hours with the game. Notably, all of this isn't available out of the gate. Players must download a patch to uncensor the action, though at this point that's oh. become tradition with any risque game on the platform. Steam might sell sex games, but sometimes you have to go an extra step to actually get to that action. That's an interesting way of kind of covering themselves, in, as it were. <laughs> or not. <laughs> is that the game that you download from Steam is censored, and so Steam is saying, hey, look, the official version of the game coming from us doesn't show no. too, anything too bad, and then you have to go to a third-party patch, which I'm sure is essentially first-party, mm. but it's just hosted elsewhere, and uh, and then that uncenters it. But Steam can wash their hands and be like, hey, hey it wasn't us. With us. It's like torrents. Like We don't host the files. We just let people use our website to yeah. communicate with one another. We're mm. not doing anything wrong. Shut down. I mean, yeah, we deserve it. Please don't send me to yeah. prison. Um, well, that interesting. was a bit weird. It was a little weird. One of the top-selling games on Steam last month, mm. especially after we spoke about censorship and things the other week as well. I thought that was just a little bit pertinent to uh, yeah. to our previous discussions. Mm. Well, that was our weird news. That was pretty weird. Got another question here from... Gutter Snipe. <laughs> oh, my God. You've got to stop adding gutter snipe to questions, otherwise I, one day my throat will just fall out. Yeah. No, never stop asking, gutter snipe. We like your questions. Uh, gutter snipe says, Hi, guys. I just purchased a PS4. In brackets, it says, First time. First time. And I was wondering what three games you'd sternly demand I should play. Loving the channel, lads. You're doing great things. And then there's a question mark in a box because the document has been un unable to replicate some sort of emoticon. Emoticon, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then it says tar. Tar. Uh, just out of interest, is that what that does, that question mark? Because I don't have the emoji keyboard installed on my phone. Right. But usually I can still, it, my phone still understands what emojis are. Do you sometimes see on Twitter people whose usernames are largely comprised of question marks in small boxes? Uh, that is partly because um, it's, it's sometimes it's about like emoji keyboards and they've used like crazy stuff that's like, you know, really specific emojis. Hmm. But also just depending on how up to date your phone is. Um, oh, my phone is really not up to date. Yeah, that's I had why. that with my previous phone that is that I got to sense. the point where I stopped updating it because I was like, no. I, I think I knew what was coming in the next update and I was like, I don't want that thing. I think that's when I stopped as well. And like I started getting loads ago. of question marks because there's loads of new like sort of official, if you like, emojis that you won't have of like, you know the one where like someone's going like, Hmm. No, I don't. I just I all I know is the square box with a there's question. Some mark. quite new ones, and like there's like a shrug one now. Just I think a square box with a question mark. Yeah. So I mean, I, that's all I see. That yeah. makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. I'm I've started downloading. I don't download apps very often, but when I do, sometimes now they will say, "Would you like to download an older version of this app that's compatible with your phone?" <laughs> because I've got an iPhone six, right? But I've just refused to update it for a couple of years now because I know that I wouldn't like the huge sort of operating system overhaul that mm -hmm. they'd done and inevitably 
it would have slowed down way more than it already has. Right. And would have killed the battery by now. So yeah. uh, that explains a lot. Mm. Thank you for, for that. But also, yeah, in this instance, it's because Microsoft Word doesn't know how to... It's because Microsoft Word is uh, needs an update. Yeah. Or maybe we should just get, a you know, not the free trial version. Then maybe it would understand what's going on. Ben, you're a PS1, a PS, PS1. I was going to sure say am. PS connoisseur. I'm a PlayStation. It came out one. as PS1 assur somehow. <laughs> uh, you're a PS4 connoisseur. I sure am, Peter. Um, I love that console. Yeah. There's a lot of really good games on it. There are a lot of really good games. Um, I can see one of yours that I've written. I can't. I can't see. Can you read my handwriting? Can, I don't know if you can. It's I can read the chicken scratch. Uh, sort of. Yeah. I don't know. Just. Just, just tell us. I will. Yeah. See, I've gone for exclusives because I, I we don't know if me uh, too has, has a, an Xbox One or mm. has played, you know, third party games that you can get on other platforms, that sort of stuff. So I've I've gone with some recent recommendations. Last year's God of War. If you want a fantasy epic set in a in an incredible mythological world that Assassin's Creed only dreams it could replicate, only dreams it could replicate. Um, then you should absolutely get that. It's one of the best games actually ever. Mm. Uh, so you should play that. If you want a game that's going to challenge you but is completely unique and you can't play anything like it anywhere else, get Bloodborne. But if you're not into that, then you want something a bit more lighthearted but still incredibly competent. And my God, I've been thinking about it a lot recently and I think I'll probably play through it again. Marvel Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, but if you aren't really into sort of very challenging games like Bloodborne, then I totally get that because some of them are just aren't for everyone, yeah. as I learned with Sekiro this year. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't for me. Horizon Zero Dawn. If you want a story that's going to keep you completely hooked from start to finish, yeah. then that is a phenomenal game to play. Not completely ignoring the setting and the combat and the the, the beautiful open world. The main story is so good in that, mm-hmm. and the hook at the center of it is so intriguing that you will be absolutely pulled in. I, I promise you. Yeah, I I sort of tried to guess in my head what you might bring. I thought God of War would be there, Bloodborne, and uh, I wasn't really sure about the other. So what I thought I would do is talk about the games that I played, or a couple of them anyway, that I played when I first got my PS4. So depending on whether Gutter Snipe has actually had a PS3 before... Um, some of these aren't actually as relevant, but certainly Uncharted 4, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed. And therefore, if Good to Snipe hasn't played Uncharted 1 to 3, you can get the Nathan Drake collection as well. It's not a cologne. It's not a cologne. What? It sounds like a cologne. What is the, the Nathan, Nathan Drake, Drake collection? collection. Yeah, it's a new fragrance like a, for men. Maybe some sort of gift set that, yeah. that, your, that your well-meaning grandma would buy for you and it's got a shower gel in it. Yeah. Um, so if you've not played any or all of those, Uncharted 1 to 4 are phenomenal cinematic experiences. Similarly, The Last of Us Remastered is on PS4. Mm-hmm. You may have played it on PS3, but if not, play that game, please. Do it. Almost immediately. And uh, yeah, Spider-Man is a recent one that I thoroughly enjoyed. And again, an exclusive, like you say, you know, that's one that you will not have played anywhere else. And uh, you should sit your flipping bottom on on the floor or sofa. Get that behind down. And play the game. Play the game. It's good. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- th- God, now I really want to play it. Mm. I was thinking about that. Last year, there was there were two phenomenal standout first-party exclusives. Yeah. This year, we've had Days Gone. Uh, and and I haven't played it. Right. But I feel no urge to play it. Yeah. And as a big PlayStation fan, that should probably tell you a lot. Yeah, I think... what Because you've got some games that you associate in your head with PlayStation, like Crash, mm-hmm. uh, Crash Team Racing, but that's not exclusive. No. Um, you know, Resident Evil again. Um, yeah. I guess there were some Resi games on Wii and stuff, but it kind of when you think of Resident Evil, you think of PlayStation. But also, you know, you know that's uh, that's that's not exclusive, is it either? Right? What's that? Sorry, play, uh, Resident Evil uh, Two remake. No, no, no it's not. So, um, I, yeah, I think there's there's there are fewer standout exclusive this year, really. Yeah, and I suppose that's because. That's entirely why they skipped E3. It's because they yeah. didn't really have anything to show or they're gearing up for the PlayStation 5 or whatever it is. There's a multitude of reasons for it. Mm-hmm. But just thinking generally about this year, when I think of PlayStation exclusives, I think of grand epics that sort of sweep me away mm-hmm. and I get obsessed with them for like two weeks or however, you know, three weeks, however long it takes me to finish yeah. them. Or, you know, finish the game and then go for the platinum and just truly experience everything that game has to offer. And there's always something to really look forward to. And there's been nothing like that this year. Yeah. And not just talking about exclusives, like Resi 2 was really good at the start of the year. I really enjoyed that. But I was like, you know, I played it over the course of a weekend and then I was done. Right. Metro really disappointed me. Um, I'm just trying to think of what Sekiro was was not for me. Mm. Uh Obviously, Borderlands Game of the Year edition, fantastic, but it's it's not a new game. Yeah. Um, Borderlands 3 is coming out. That's something that could potentially turn things around a little, but Crash Team Racing really is the only game that's come out this year that I have stuck with and really played, and that's kind of a shame. Yeah, because... we're halfway through, and there's... And I haven't had anything. And really. again, that's not a game that is, exactly has a you know a big meaty narrative to it. You know, no. it's a lot of fun to just you know do some races, but it's literally a grind. Yeah, like that's what it is. And I, I need I need someone to come out with something that just sweeps me off my feet. I'm trying to think if there's anything slated for the rest of the year, but uh... we've got Star Wars. Uh, is Death yeah. Stranding meant to come out? Because if it is, that's insane. That's right. not going to happen. Yeah. Um, uh, the Outer Worlds, I believe, is still slated for the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So there's potential. Uh, but there's also potential for all of those games to be pushed. Yeah. And for this year to, to be be, just be a bit of a... Disappointment. Yes. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Speaking of disappointments... Yes. Well, what's that peeking out? You see disappointment over there? You see, you see what's behind the disappointment. It's sort of poking out over the top. Okay, now it's dwarfing it. Oh my god, it's massive! Look, look at the size of that thing that's poking out from around the disappointment. It's a huge discussion. It's time for the big discussion. I'm too small to comprehend. It is big discussion time. Are you ready, Peter Austin, for the big discussion? Got it. Fire. Beep boop boop beep boop boop. This comes from Ginny. Ginny. Ginny says. Has Rockstar pushed the bar too far with having an actual casino with gambling in GTA Online? Or do you think there's no real issue since you can't turn the winnings from the casino back into real cash? I think loot boxes are still way worse. Little factoid I heard about this this morning. The new GTA Casino update 
is unavailable in 50 countries around the world. Is it really? I believe citation needed, but I think it said countries, yes. I did not know that. Mm. That is surprising. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we've got a little bit more context from Forbes. Mm -hmm. Would you mind contexting us, Peter? Sure. Want the whole thing? Let's get the whole thing in us. <coughs> Rockstar Games have added the Diamond Casino and Resort to GTA Online. It's a pretty cool-sounding new location, replete with a rooftop infinity pool, mm. lots of new missions, and a Ooh. virtual casino where you can spend in-game chips on slot machines, roulette, blackjack, or three-hand poker. Ooh. This is where things get dot, 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 dicey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get it? Because of dice. Yeah, I do. You can spend real money in GTA Online to purchase the game's in-game currency, which you can then spend on cosmetics, vehicles, and so forth. You can now also spend this currency on the casino chips, which are essentially a second in-game currency that can be used for various casino-related activities and cosmetics, and to purchase chips with. Mm. Have they just said that you spend money to buy chips and you can purchase chips with them? Oh, it's lowercase chips. Do they mean, are they being funny? Can you also buy chips? I have no idea. Why have they said you can purchase chips with the chips? Anyway, so... With your can... winnings? Is that what that means? Uh, well, they can be used for various activities and cosmetics and to purchase chips with. And they're talking about the chips already. Right. Weird. Forbes, everyone. Yeah, that was just some real mind bender. They might be trying to be funny and they're talking about potato chips. Well, it's not working. No. Uh, so, you can spend real money to buy in-game chips and then gamble them away. In the process, you can win chips and spend those chips on more gambling or more in-game content. What you can't do is take those chips and cash them in for real money. This is a big story. This was picked up by lots of mainstream news outlets, mm. uh, particularly in the wake of the uh, the loot box yeah. craze and so on. Is it gambling? No, rules several governments. Yeah. Um, but here, they have just straight up added a casino. Made an actual casino, yeah. Where you can add stuff. So my, my real issue with uh, sort of premium currencies for existing games is when mm. it's in the single player when it when it seeps into my single player experience and i can buy stuff with for, for additional money that i feel like should be made available to me for free right that's when i have an issue yeah. if it's for an online mode then i don't really have an issue with people being able to buy the currency Okay. That's not that's not something that I have a huge problem with. I'm almost the other way around, actually. Okay. Um, I feel like... I mean, it's very much... Uh, it depends on whether things are just cosmetic or if it's, um, you know, actually gives you an advantage over other players. You know, mm. being able to buy weapons or cool cars or something with real money. But I'm happy for there to be an option for me to purchase things in single player, um, especially... Or ideally, if there's also a way to earn that currency in-game without paying for it. Mm -hmm. But if we are talking literally just about premium currency, yeah, it's a bit annoying when stuff is gated behind money in a single player. Right. But pay-to-win mechanics, or even really, to an extent, pay to look way better and more interesting than everyone else, actually annoys me a little bit in multiplayer games. Oh, don't get me wrong. It annoys me too. I just mean, yeah, I'm not talking about pay to win. No. I'm talking about microtransaction currency. Like when I start up Rage, for example, and mm. it's got three different currencies. Yeah. That can get in the bin. I don't want that. No. If that's relegated to an online mode where people can buy skins, 
I don't care. That's yeah. fine. If it's got to be in there, that's how I'd prefer it to be. I don't. Yeah. Again, like I should. I hasten to add that I understand the 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 benefits of having cosmetic stuff mm. in a multiplayer game. You know, that's how things like TF2 have been able to sustain themselves as. Uh, free-to-play games for this long and mm-hmm. will continue to do so you know cosmetics uh in in games that you pay for are a great business model really um, and pay to win is significantly worse as i'm sure we we can all agree um but yeah as a general rule i think i would rather be able to just choose to buy stuff in single player if i wanted to than have it you know kind of split the crowd so much in a multiplayer experience right yeah right but um in any case that's kind of almost a different argument really we're talking about the gambling it's so brazen isn't it it's an actual casino that's what i was know it's such a hot topic that was my next point is that if this was anything else if this was a if this was even a fun fair yeah where you could win tokens, tokens then it would be fine it's just because they've just it's an actual casino that people, of course, are going to take issue with it. Yeah. But by that same token, it's also it also shouldn't be treated any differently. No, I suppose then it's no longer a debate about uh, gambling addiction and like people getting stuck there and pouring loads of their own money into into this this virtual slot machine or whatever. Mm. It becomes more about censorship and parental controls because there's a huge contingent of children and teenagers who play gta online and legally should not be playing and they shouldn't be yeah uh, which which is absolutely not rockstar's concern honestly as an 18 rated game they should be able to put in here whatever they want it's for adults and if children are influenced by that that is a failing of the of 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 the parents yeah um and and it's as simple as that but as you said it's so brazen for them to just put a casino in if it was anything else it would be fine yeah but the the fact that it's a casino makes it not okay Mm. for a lot of people yeah uh, which is a double-edged sword it's funny, um, as you were saying at the start, I think very uh, recently in the past few weeks, the UK, I don't know what the name of the, the body is, but some sort of commission that debates on whether things are gambling and stuff have right. come back for a second time and said that loot crates are not gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the UK's stance on, certainly on loot crates. This is a weird thing though, in that maybe the fact that you can't get real money out of it is the one thing that, kind of makes it less of an issue you know certainly if you were somehow able to then cash in on that cash which would be a terrible business model we should we should say uh that would be well it'd be real gambling for one thing that's that is the third point i've got written right okay is that surely if you were able to take money out that would be the issue yeah the fact that you can't take any money out makes it exactly the same as any other system that exists in the game anyway. It's just the fact that it's got this superficial cover of it being an actual casino yeah. that makes people uncomfortable with it. If you could take cash out, that would be a problem. Mm. But you can't. So it's not that. <laughs> no. But on the other hand, you can still put money, real money in. You can. And get the kind of dopamine rush, probably almost like for like, that someone would get being in a real casino or certainly online gambling. Right. Literally doing real online gambling on a website. You know, you'll be getting the same rush out of that. And at that point, we have to separate ourselves from the the facade of it being an in-game casino because now we're just talking about microcurrencies and microtransactions and essentially loot boxes yeah. and random rewards again. The fact that it's got a casino 
covered skin over it yeah. doesn't make it any different from what was already happening. Yeah, it's no different than if Star Wars Battlefront, for example, had a big problem with their loot crates. You know, if that was skinned so that it was all set in Jabba the Hutt's casino. Exactly. Yeah. Or it, it vice would versa. Be, it would be considered way worse. Exactly. It's the same thing. Or if, if this had come out and like you say, it was a funfair or not set in a casino, that wouldn't be any worse or, or, or less bad than uh, than what's going on in Star Wars. So, in a sense, this is nothing new. It's just that facade that is sort of muddying the waters a little Rockstar bit. Rockstar just like, you, we're too big. They'll come to us. Yeah, they will <laughs> for their for their free car. Um, yeah, but the debate rumbles on, doesn't it? Yeah, it just this has just given more ammunition to various different uh, you know groups with mm. different ideas to to push and or pull in their direction. Um, ultimately, yeah. though, this is an adult game. It is. If they put, as you said, if if they put Jabba's Casino in Star Wars Battlefront 2, the reason Star Wars Battlefront 2 was a particularly bad example is just how popular Star Wars is with kids mm. and how that game was not rated 80. Yeah, that was a bad, bad move for them. So if they did that, that would have been, that would have been inexcusable because mm. children can play that game. But here... This is for adults, yeah. And there needs to be an element of discretion that that adults use. And if they have an issue with with gambling, or if they have an addictive personality of some kind, then they need to take responsibility for that. And if they're unable to take responsibility for that, then it, because they they have special needs or something like that, then then someone needs to be able to help them. But I don't feel like that is the responsibility of Rockstar in this in, in this instance. Well, no, because if you yeah, like if you if you have in your mind this person, a hypothetical person who has a gambling issue, and they realize, oh, now there's a casino on uh, GTA, I'm going to play that now as well and sink all my money into that. You know, you might say, oh, that's terrible. Rockstar are facilitating this behavior. It's mm-hmm. like okay, well, if Rockstar so for argument's sake, just pulled this next week and said, oh, it's too controversial, we shouldn't have done it. That person who's been gambling in GTA is just going to go, oh, all right, I'll just go back on, I'll just go back to the bookies then. Or Where I can like, get real money. I'll just go to the casino. Um, and that's the thing. They, they'll still get the dopamine rush, potentially, from, yeah. from, from, from winning huge money in the game. But the fact that they can't take the money out is, it has to be a huge factor here. Mm. Because if... If you went to the bookies and you put some money down and you won, you'd be like, oh, my God, this is real money. I can do yeah, stuff Yeah, I with. can start making a living doing this. It's different. Mm. You will get bored. I've had card games on my phone. This is years and years ago now where I would that, that were free and I would put money in to, to unlock cards. And I would spend like, you know, maybe a few quid a week, sometimes mm. more than that. And it, like I felt it was justified because the card game was free and I would play it a lot and i wanted to give some money back and stuff but also there was definitely that that hook that dopamine yeah release that kept you playing and kept you thinking i could unlock a really good card if i put some money in eventually though you get bored of the game and you walk away mm. it's not the same as gambling yeah where you can get money out now don't get me wrong i'm not a fan of it right and i don't like it but that we've got to make a distinction here we have to use facts yeah. in this debate. Otherwise, nothing. We, we move nowhere. Yeah. As you say, you know, you, you, you will probably get bored and walk away from it. But, you know, one way or the other, if if GTA Online didn't have an online casino, which isn't actually real gambling anyway, because there's no money to be won, hmm. then those people that we're talking about with addictive personalities and gambling problems would just go elsewhere to to gamble. They would go to a real casino or they would mm-hmm. they would play poker 
on the internet where you can, uh, you know, gamble real money. So this isn't, I don't think, it's not going to cause any further problems necessarily that wouldn't have already occurred elsewhere. But um, yeah, I can see why this has been controversial. It's, yeah. It is because of that brazen, you know, It's a casino. Frontage. Yeah. Come at us. But um, yeah, I think ultimately it's no different. If you break it down, it's no different to you know things that already exist. Now, what what you think about those is a different argument to mm. an extent. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's basically just loot crates, etc. It's just all the same kind of kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's no more similar to a, a real casino. I agree. I agree. But what do you think? You let us know in the comments because it is it is it is a bit of a weird one. Mm. Um, but as we've said, you know this this is ultimately this boils down to exactly the same debate that's been had time and time again it's just the fact that it's got a casino skin on it yeah uh but it's for adults so where do you draw the line mm. why be denny different let us know in the comments below why? about everything that we've spoken about why as, be denny different as a reference to something obscure don't worry oh, okay. at least three people got it excellent um that was just for me okay that was a treat for ben very good i just wanted to put that in there peter mm. if people want to interact with us somewhere and somehow how can they do that? You can interact with us on social media, Twitter and Facebook, forward slash Team Triple Jump. Uh, if you want to watch us elsewhere, we're on YouTube.com forward slash Team Triple Jump and Twitch.tv forward slash Team Triple Jump. Oh. Uh, you can also interact with us by giving us your money. Yes. On Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump, where we have all kinds of rewards. We don't just take it from you like mm. GTA Online and give no. you nothing back. No. We give you little treats. Uh, if you're watching the video version of this podcast, uh, you can listen to the audio version at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. There's no team there. No. Um, our website is tripleju.mp, tripleju.mup, where we have a store and a careers page with no jobs on it at the moment, but keep an <laughs> eye on it. And uh, if you do go to that Patreon, one of the benefits is there's a special room in our Discord, which is bit.ly forward slash team triple jump. Wonderful. Mm. If you'd like to follow the two of us on Twitter, you can do at that Peter Austin and at confused underscore dude. And you can do the same thing on Instagram at that Peter Austin at Ben Potter 20. We have both teased a new show that we recorded this week. Mm. Uh, so if you want to find out some more information, why not go over there and give us a follow? On to Instagram. You can go check it out. We also released uh, one of our new shows. We did. Uh, this week. Yeah. Called Cut Content. Thank you very much to Boof from the Yoxcast for being our first guest. Yeah. It is uh, heavily inspired, obviously, by our wonderful friends slash roommates over at Cultaholic. They have a, uh, a show called Straight to Hell, which is essentially Room 101, mm -hmm. as I'm sure a lot of you are aware, uh, where a guest brings three things they don't like that they wish they could cut from the world of wrestling. Well, we're doing that, but with video games. Yeah, and so, we can because we're a sister company and we're allowed to rip them off however we wish. Absolutely, and we did talk to them first and yeah. they said, that's a good idea, you should do it. Just just in case people think there's drama because people always like to assume the worst. People think there's so, drama? No, but yeah. some people are like, I can't believe you ripped off. It's like, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. We're the same company. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. We, we drink your scamps. Tea and coffee together. Yeah, out of the same mug. Yeah. There's just a big communal office mug and we all bring straws. The trough. Everybody's got a straw. Yeah. We don't have mugs, we have a straws. Mm. Um and uh, we've we've got we've got a fair bit of feedback for it that we're definitely paying attention to. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, we we don't have the luxury being in Newcastle of having many people in the area, uh, so we're going to have to do sort of 
Discord slash Skype calls. Mm. And as a result, uh, there's always some sort of technical delay that, that results in sort of talking over each other and stuff. So the way that we've done it is instead of doing a side-by-side -side video, picture, yeah, yeah where, where one half is the guest and one half is us, we sort of cut between the two because otherwise there's a little bit of talking over each other and it, it just doesn't... Like, that That was the best way we could get around it. Yeah, basically. you can hide those talking over each other moments by cutting between them and using some clever editing. Mm, exactly. So if you're wondering why we did that, that's why. Um, and some people also had an issue with the music as well. Apparently. Which we we couldn't really tell on our end. It sounded fine, but we think that maybe the music that we've chosen could be quite bassy depending on your speakers or your headphones. So it may be amplified for some people, but for us it sounded fine, so mm. we'll look at that for next time. Yeah. But this is this is why it's important to give us feedback because you know we can't we don't we're not we're not gods. Yeah. We don't know all this stuff. We don't have a series of different speakers and headphones in the cupboard to we try. can test will it sound good on on beats by Dre? I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, but apparently some people had an issue with the background music so we'll look into that. Yeah. But uh there are if something seems a little bit weird, like a like a a stylistic choice, mm -hmm. for example, the idea the, us just cutting back and forth between the footage, it's because you know there's there might be a reason for that. Mm -hmm. And equally, it's it's because the show isn't about us; it's about the guests. So we don't we don't want to just sit there silently nodding on one side of the screen yeah. for ten minutes at a time. You don't want to see that. That's no fun. But there we go. There's there's a little bit of insight for you there. I hope that makes sense. I hope that I know analytically, not many people stick around until this point in the podcast. No. Once we start doing the, so the if you're still here, the plugs. Hi, hi. This is where we do. This is where we sort of do a little bit of soul searching and we get stuff off our chest. So if if you see people not complaining but sort of bringing up those issues, maybe set them straight. Maybe let them know. We'd appreciate it. Mm. It, it. It helps all all the time. Very big. Yeah. Lists every Tuesday and Thursday. Streams every Monday, Tuesday and Thursday. Monday and Tuesday being on Twitch. Thursday being on your tube. Who's tube? Your tube. Mm. Worst Games is fortnightly. That's Friday for patrons and Sunday for everyone else. There's a Worst Games this weekend. There is. Went out yesterday for patrons. Yeah. And it goes out tomorrow for everybody else. Mm. Podcasters, of course, every Saturday. We've got two new shows coming next month as well. And then following that month, hopefully, you'll get four shows a month on top of everything else. And that'll go in rotation. So please be excited and thank you all very much for your support. Finally, please leave us an iTunes review or a review slash rating on your platform of choice. Something about algorithms. Oh, thank you. Right. One final thank you for today's sponsor, mm. the Blaskovich twins, yeah. the Terror twins of Wolfenstein Youngblood. Uh, they are standing by to scare off uh, Nazis. Na the Nazi menace. The Nazi menace. Um, and if you need them, what you do is you just shine the, the, the BJ signal into the sky. BJ, of course, being their father. Let's not be lewd. And, uh, and if you shine it for long enough, Peter will come along as well and do some commentary for BAFTA. Yeah, I'll I'll um I'll watch them um beating up the Nazi menace and I'll mm. just sort of I'll I'll say, Yeah, yeah, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. This is a good why thing. Why was it I don't understand why it was a controversial statement. I don't know. I, I do think understand it's just, why it was I think a it was just very blunt. <laughs> yeah. I think it was just quite blunt. You didn't expect it. Yeah, it took no. everyone by surprise, I yeah. think. But I I'd like to stand behind the defense of I, it's not it's not a good defense because you're on BAFTA and you probably just shouldn't bring up the probably Nazi just party. Shouldn't bring but <laughs> no, but I, really. I like to say, even though I know it's not it doesn't stand up. Well, um what? Does she, does she not like uh does she not like beating up Nazis? What? <laughs> Is she some sort of Nazi sympathizer? 
That's uh, not what Peter thinks. No, That's I don't think anyone on that board was a Nazi sympathizer. Or they were all lovely. At Everyone at BAFTA was so they lovely to really us. Nice. We were very grateful for the opportunity, and I'm yeah. sorry I stole the cue card. I didn't realize I wasn't allowed to take it home. <laughs> it's on my fridge. It is. So we both committed BAFTA crimes that day. It's got day. a little bit of gold leaf on it. That. I think that's why I wasn't allowed to take it back. Mm. But I, I'd already put it in my bag and was in the car by the time I was told that I wasn't. Because apparently I tuned out when they said if you could return them. Right. Nobody stopped me, though. I didn't make a big show of it, but it was probably pretty obvious that it went straight in my backpack. They need some gold detectors on the way out. Just thought, hmm. Little, uh, little souvenir from souvenir BAFTA. from BAFTA there. My yeah. my ill-gotten BAFTA card. Wonderful. Right, we should go now. We we're should. Waffling. Yeah. Thank you very much for watching, everybody. We'll be back next week. Uh, have a lovely rest of your weekend. Have a nice Sunday. Mm. Go on, treat yourself. Bye. <laughs>Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.